0: Welcome to Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. This podcast is for any woman who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or putting their lives on hold until they lose the weight. If you've had enough of diet culture, then it's time to Say When. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Say When podcast. Today, I'm going to share a success story with you. So allow me to introduce a previous client of mine, Christina Sims. Christina is an experienced and compassionate therapeutic massage therapist with over 22 years of dedicated service. Her specialization in non-ambulatory massage, hospice care, and massage for the elderly showcases her commitment to improving the lives of those in need. She's developed a nationally accredited program which educates other massage therapists on working with veterans and individuals with limited mobility, and she is dedicated to sharing her experience and making a positive impact in the world. Now, as a Reiki master teacher, she channels healing energy to promote love and light in the world. With the use of tuning forks for sound therapy, she enhances the well-being of her clients, fostering balance inside and out. And furthermore, Christina's work with children, particularly trauma-informed therapeutic yoga, highlights her caring nature and her mission to teach young minds that peace begins with them. Her diverse skill set and unwavering passion make her and all the services she offers a valuable asset to clients of all ages, allowing them to embrace their inner radiance and well-being. Hi, Christina. It's so good to see you again.
1: Hi, Holly. Thank you for introducing me. That was great.
0: You are so welcome. You know, um, we worked together starting last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast is being um, recorded at the end of 2023. Um, We spent about six months working together, and I was Mm -hmm. just hoping you might be willing to share your experience uh, kind of working with this and changing your mindset from sort of a a diet mentality to more of an eating uh, intuitive eating mentality. Yeah, for sure. um, What specifically drew you to work with me? And do you think maybe your background in any of the massage therapy or yoga or Reiki had any influence on your decision?
1: Yeah. Um, the So what drew me to work with you specifically were the words non-diet. I was like, I have tried every single diet. Let's try a non-diet. So <laughs> that, those two words um, together, really, that's what kind of drew me in. And then Um, When I did my research on who you are and what you um, are involved in and the fact that you also had um, experience with energy, um, working with energy, that was a huge plus for me because not everybody understands the modality or um, how energy is involved in not just, you know, healing, but in the things that we do, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was really um, special to me that you would understand that part of me. And it also let me know that this was going to be a program that wasn't just about like physical, you know, looks, appearance, but it was going to also tap into a more spiritual energetic level. And that was really super important to me too.
0: I'm so glad that resonated with you because I think that is one of the things that makes this work that I do with non-diet, this non-diet approach, so important is that we're also addressing our, our intuitive nature, um, intuitive yeah. eating, you you wouldn't think that you actually want to engage your intuition. You know, we think mm-hmm. about, um, you know, listening to our bodies a lot, but that connection between mind, body and spirit is really critical for holistic healing and making progress in our lives. Right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, before our sessions, had you worked with other coaches or programs to you know, kind of try to get the change that you thought you needed? And if so, how did those experiences differ from the work that you and I did together? You really can't compare.
1: So the programs I did prior to working with you were mostly food focused. Mm. So count your calories, count your points, weigh your food, make out a schedule, of when you're going to eat, weigh your body, How you know, everything was appearance-based and food-focused. And that, in fact, which Holly can attest to this, when she first told me we weren't, I wasn't going to weigh myself and I wasn't going to watch really what I, watch what I eat, that was difficult for me um, because I had came from such a, like, restricted food Relationship that um, food was really tied in with fear and, um, you know, distrust of myself, that I didn't know how to not diet. I didn't know what to eat. I was confused. And so the concept of throwing those ideas out the window um, was very scary, but the most beneficial program I have ever tried. And I don't really feel at this point that I need to try another program because intuitive eating and listening to my inner voice is way more helpful and easy. If I can say that, it's hard at first, but easy than um, having to worry about, you know, how many points something is or how much of, you know, an apple weighs or whatever the case may be. (laughs) But um, it's just so much easier. I have no desire to ever go back to those other programs.
0: I know in the beginning, when we started working together, I had a quiz um, that was really to help people understand how dieting has impacted their lives. What did you experience when you did some of those quizzes or assessments? How did you feel about that stuff? I remember doing those quizzes on um,
1: the airplane (laughs) on a trip, actually. And I want to say I was going to Vegas. And it was ironic because the whole time I was nervous. It was that we were going to Vegas with some friends of ours. I couldn't, wasn't allowing myself to get excited about going to Vegas with friends because I was so afraid that the seat belt wouldn't fit and that I would have to ask for an extender that I was so stressed out and what was I going to eat when I was there? And You know, what if everybody else wanted to do some, you know, eat something that I didn't want to eat because I was scared. And so, you know, working with you really quickly prior to that, and then doing the questions um, on that airline and the seatbelt did fit. So that was a, that was a, that was a plug, (laughs) Um, made me realize how consumed I was with my body image and how I let my negative body image hold me back from a lot of areas of life. And so what I realized was this was, it really made me sad going through those initial questionnaires because it was kind of like a, like an open book. Like here it is, this is exactly how you treat yourself. These are the things you think about yourself. And then looking at it from trying to look at it from an outsider's perspective, you know, as a mom of two daughters, if I had read the things that I wrote, if they, you know, if I had read that about them, I would have been devastated. So it was a big eye opener. And it was helpful for sure, to see how deep into this I was with my mind
0: set. It's really about learning how to have compassion for ourselves, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. learning that, you know, we're not perfect. And we learned how to do this. We learned how to think this way, we learned how to feel this way about ourselves, and we can unlearn it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, You know, the other uh, process that we kind of go through in, in the coaching program is doing that dieting history timeline. Now, mm-hmm. I know for me personally, when I did my own, it was shocking how much influence my lack of confidence or lack of self-esteem or my desire to be a different way it influenced all the decisions and things that I had done in my past. What was your experience with the dieting timeline? Um, The
1: dieting timeline was actually difficult as well. And not like it took a lot of time per se, difficult in that way. But like, again, having to kind of go back in that mental log of, Mm -hmm. okay, when I did this diet, what was going on in my life at that time? Mm -hmm. And one thing that really was brought to light was a lot of the times when I would switch diets or go to new diets, it was also during a time of change or stress during my life. And so what we um, worked on realized it was also about control and trying to control what other people thought about me by how I look, which is Mm -hmm. impossible. Um, And so I think that was the thing that stood out to me most about the timeline was how often I fell back to diet culture
0: to change the way I look to help control in my mind anyway, how Mm -hmm. other people saw me. Yeah, yeah. Something that I notice and a lot of clients notice is that even when we're looking at that timeline, it's kind of like this—you know—cycle of of when our weight is high and when our weight is low. And yeah. those are sort of the milestones that we see. Oh my gosh, when I was gaining, this was going on in my life, and when I was restricting, mm-hmm. you know, this was going on in my life. And what's so fascinating is that for most people, it doesn't matter if you are at a high weight or a low weight. You'd never have the confidence that you think you have. You know, we always think that, oh, well, I'm smaller. I look better. I feel better. I'm happier. I have so much more confidence. And when we look through that timeline, we go, oh, my gosh, I really still did not like myself very much.
1: I didn't like myself at all, Mm. which was, like I said, it was really sad. (laughs) Um, I was confident when it came to the work that I was doing, but my job was changing at the time. and so. Uh, at the time when we started working together anyways, you know, and not having that to fall back on was Mm -hmm. difficult and um, being able to embrace other parts of myself. And actually by the end of it, like now I'm more confident than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm definitely not the smallest I've ever been in my whole life, Mm -hmm. but I am able to like walk into spaces and walk into rooms and talk in front of groups of, you know, very well-educated people about the um, services I provide. And I'm able to do it with confidence. And I'm more concerned that they're receiving the information and embracing it than looking at me and what I'm wearing, which was a big,
0: a big, yeah, struggle for me before. Well, um, I know I can think of some significant changes that have happened for you, but Since starting your intuitive eating journey or work together, what are some of the most significant changes that you've noticed in your relationship with food and your body image? Well, I'll start with the significant relationships with
1: food. So prior to working with Holly, I had the tendency to um, either completely restrict my eating or say, okay, well, I ate a muffin, so I might as well just like throw this day to the wind and eat whatever the hell I want all day. And now I know that it doesn't really work that way. Like, I don't need to do that. And Mm -hmm. I also learned about the value of food and how food tastes. Like, um, for example, I might have some ice cream with my daughters, right? And the difference is I'm going to choose something that's maybe higher, you know, higher quality, because Mm -hmm. I know that I don't need to have it every day. And I don't need to eat it all today because it won't be there tomorrow. Um, so that was super helpful because I was very much a like, oh, we have some banana bread on the counter, so I will eat it as a breakfast dessert, lunch dessert, dinner dessert until it's gone because I don't know when I will allow it back in the house. And now I just don't do that. We have, you know, our house has changed a little bit. We used to not have anything sweet in the house, um, no junk food whatsoever because I didn't trust myself to now I'm walking past it and I'm, am I hungry? Not really. And it'll be there later. So that's Mm -hmm. okay. You know, (laughs) Um, that was a huge shift and being able to enjoy um, moments with my family Mm -hmm. when they were surrounded with food rather than be worried about the food. And um, that was something that I didn't realize I was doing, but I was, I would, not be able to, like, take the ice cream example, because that's something we literally talked about a couple mm-hmm. different times. Um, I'm able to, like, go down to the lake that we like to go to and this ice cream shop and enjoy that time with my girls rather than thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to really bump up some exercise tomorrow because I had this ice cream right now. Like, that is so nice to not have to think about
0: that. So I'm really grateful. Really I think one of the things that's so funny that you just said is we talk about the quality of the food that we eat and you mm-hmm. talked about quality ice cream. And I can't tell you how many times I know I've done it myself when I'm when I was dieting, I would choose like the sugar free or the fat free yeah. ice cream and yeah. then I end up eating a ton of it instead mm-hmm. of just having that amount of amazing, high quality, delicious ice cream mm-hmm. that would have been satisfying right in the long run. So yeah. it's kind of crazy that we can have the fat-free cookies, you know, and and eat the whole box, but I'm not going to eat one really delicious cookie.
1: (laughs) Right. I can have three 100 calorie packs, but I can't have one cookie. Yes. Right.
0: Exactly. I was
1: really into diet food, into, um, you know, making my own food so that it would be less calories or less sugar and that type of Mm -hmm. thing, which is great, but I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. So Sure. But as far as my my image, I you can't tell today because I am wearing black, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that earlier. I always wanted to blend in. I did not want people to look at me. I did not have fond memories of, you know, even my wedding, for example. Married the right guy. But it was it until we worked together, I would honestly make comments like, oh, it was the worst day of my life because everybody was looking at me. And I hated people with Ammy, so I would wear black or gray and try to blend in as much mm-hmm. as possible. Um now I just wear things I like, and sometimes, you know, my teenage daughters will tell me, "No, no, but I wear it. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's fun. Like it's super fun. Like I've went to concerts recently and worn like, um, glittery shirts or mm. bigger jewelry than I would normally wear to kind of join in on the moment. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that I'm able to do that and be who I am and not worry about what other people are thinking constantly. It it really has made life easier. Like I
0: said earlier. I remember a conversation we had about a sweatshirt with a broken zipper or something that you wouldn't spend the money on yourself to get something mm-hmm. that you know either fit mm-hmm. you properly or yeah you know, to replace something because you just didn't think that you were worth it. That was true. That did happen. Yes.
1: And I have definitely improved my wardrobe. (laughs) Um, And, and I, like I said, I bought things that I like and Mm -hmm. not looked at the price. That was the other thing. I felt like I wasn't worthy of a lot of things. And, um, you know, even if I did replace the jacket with the broken zipper, I would replace it with the one on clearance, even though maybe I liked the one that was just only on sale. So that has changed. Mm -hmm. And I don't have guilt about it anymore. I used to have a lot of guilt around that. But
0: now I don't. Yeah. So often when we are of going through this process we have two sets of clothes in our closet we have the ones that are aspirational like when i lose the weight again i'll be able to fit back into these Mm -hmm. and then we have all of the ones that are big and baggy that we can sort of hide in and it's so liberating and empowering to be able to let go of those things it's scary to let go of those things but it's so empowering to wear clothes that fit you that aren't too tight Mm -hmm. that aren't too big that actually fit Mm -hmm. you that you feel good in. And I think if more women would just do that, would just let go of the, of the fantasy, you know, that I'm, I'm ever going to be one way or another and just embrace the body Mm -hmm. they're in and dress that body. It's so much easier to feel confident.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's exactly what I do now. And it, it doesn't depress me like it used to, it was really I mean, my mood was tied to how I felt in clothes, how I thought I looked in the mirror, how I thought I looked in photos, and what the scale said. Mm -hmm. That would honestly be what I based my mood on a lot of the time. And so now that I've taken those elements out of it, I'm able to enjoy life a lot more.
0: Yeah, it's kind of sad to think about all the women in the world that will refuse to wear shorts or something sleeveless, mm-hmm. or even something low cut, or God forbid, a bathing suit in public, right. because yeah. of all of those beliefs that we have about our value and worth. And if we don't look a certain way, then we don't deserve to be seen, or we don't mm-hmm. deserve to have fun. And that's really sad. And I'm so glad that it was something you were able to see for yourself and then overcome, because mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So I know that is important. Impacted your life personally, but maybe professionally, how has your life evolved since completing our coaching program? When we started coaching, I knew
1: that I was in a transition from being employed to being self employed. I knew that was what I was going to do. However, I had a huge roadblock because I didn't want to have to meet new people. And I felt at the time, and I remember us doing some work around this, um, that if I took my um, program pamphlet, for example, into a new space and I was trying to tell people about it, that they wouldn't want to hear it because I didn't look fit. And we talked a lot about like, well, what does fit look like? And that type of thing. And it was really about confidence. And now <laughs> I am, I'm extremely busy and that is great. <laughs> to the point where I'm having to um, kind of make some adjustments and create more time for myself and my family Um, but I don't have those fears anymore that people are judging me on what I look like instead I'm more confident if you know the world we live in do people probably judge me about how I look sure but do I care no Like, that's the huge difference. Like, I'm definitely not losing sleep over it. I'm not saying no to things because I'm worried about that. Mm -hmm. And it's created a lot of opportunities for me and really opened some doors that I wouldn't have thought of before. Um, One of the things you and I talked about with my yoga program is um, it was very scary for me to stand in front of elementary age kids and teach the program. But I did it, and I enjoyed it, and it was really fun. And you had challenged me, what would it be like if you taught adults? And I said, I would never do that, not doing that. And actually, since it's been a few months since you and I connected, I am now in a program to learn how to do it for adults. And so, amazing. yeah, it's just completely changed. And I realized that, um, you know, fit, the word fit doesn't necessarily isn't glued to a body type. And I love that I'm able to work with, um, especially elementary age kids right now, um, in the body that I'm in, and for them to see that as well, like, oh, you don't have to look like, you know, a like Peloton athlete, you know, <laughs> in order to be active, to enjoy life, to mm-hmm. be fit. Um it's an honor, really. It's an honor to be able to um,
0: be that person for kids to look to for that. It's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you
0: think of any specific uh, skills or insights that you might have gained from our program or working together that have influenced either your professional practice or your personal relationships? Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. When we did the, um,
1: when we worked on like the, I think it's the ladder, you know, oh, when we yeah. did the- Thought
0: ladders. Yes. Thought ladders
1: that's it. I still use thought ladders all the time. Mm. Um, and it's helpful because it lets, it points out, okay, what is, what is the actual issue? Um, how am I feeling about that? What made me think of, you know, like what made me think that, or how do Mm -hmm. I think about it? What made me think that? And then how could I respond differently? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, um, I would take things, especially professionally, personally, like, um, I have had some no's of course, And I would have took that as it's me, it's me, it's me, but maybe they don't have the funding for it, or maybe Mm -hmm. they're not ready for it right now. Or, you know, there's just so many other reasons why somebody might um, choose not to do the program. And I don't take it personally, but the, yeah, the thought download and I've shared it with so many people, especially some of my Reiki clients too, Mm -hmm. they're struggling. Like, yeah, is this true? Is what could be, you know,
0: what could have been different and how would you have felt during that? Super helpful. Self-coaching is probably one of the most powerful tools that we can learn for ourselves and our continued personal development. I totally Mm -hmm. agree because when we break it down, it's all of the beliefs that we have that influence all of the things that we do and then the results that we get in our lives. So if we just take a moment to examine those thoughts and, and figure out what beliefs are supporting those thoughts, then we have an opportunity to change and to practice those new mm-hmm. thoughts. So I agree. I think that's one of the most powerful tools anybody can learn, whether mm-hmm. it's in practicing a non-diet approach to their life or in making any other change. I agree. It's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you share some maybe of the biggest shifts or ahas you might've experienced during our time together?
1: The biggest sh- Shift was when I was able to enjoy meals without guilt. Like wow. that was huge. And um, I, I really can't say more about that other than it was just huge. It's, um, I had a lot of guilt around food that I put on myself. And not having that now, it's just I'm not thinking about food constantly. I'm not, um, you know, worried if I'm going to have something healthy to eat on the road. Like I know that, you know, if I, cause I drive a lot for work, if I am not hungry, I don't have to eat just because it's noon, <laughs> Like those type of things, you know, <laughs> yeah, but if yeah. I am hungry, it's okay. And I can make some um, choices that make me feel good. And that's the other thing too. Like, how does the food make you Feel In your body. Mm-hmm. And so, so a lot of the things, not a lot, but a handful of things that I was eating, I didn't even really like, but I just ate them because of like I grew up eating it, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And so yeah. it was kind of silly, but giving myself permission to like, eat what I like, dress <laughs> how I like, um, do a job that I like, and be more authentic. That was like the big aha moment when I was able to go to the store and pick out like a tie-dye shirt. I love tie-dye, but worn it before because I would have said I can't wear like purple. Somebody will say I'm like look like a round grape or whatever. I had all these negative thoughts. Like you name an insult, and I probably had said it to myself at some point. Mm. So being a I just feel like I'm more me than I have been
0: probably since a little kid. So Adopting this non diet lifestyle and kind of mm-hmm. this new way of thinking about yourself, mm-hmm. how has it affected the interactions that you might have with your family or your friends?
1: It hasn't affected it in a negative way at all. Um, I would say that at first, um, that I had a friend, a very close friend of mine, who's kind of my diet buddy, and mm-hmm. she would send me things like, Oh, we should try this diet. We should try that diet. Right. And I would just say, I can I'm not dieting right now. That's kind of mm-hmm. how it started out. Like I'm not dieting right now. And then eventually I told her about um, working with you and how that had changed my life and how I just can't, I can't be on a diet where I'm focused on food constantly, mm-hmm. like life's too short for that. And so, mm-hmm. um, and she respected that. You know, and I have great friends. So it didn't really, it wasn't an issue. I would say, if anything, it's allowed us our bond to grow deeper about other things. Like, yeah. not, she's not like just my diet buddy anymore, you know? Sure. Um, so that's been really nice is being able to bond with people over other things, not food related.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's it's amazing if you start paying attention, you notice all of the conversations, Especially as we are coming up on the new year, we're going to be inundated with a lot of nonsense around you know diets and and stuff. How did you handle conversations with your family in the beginning? Um, you know, were there opportunities to have a discussion about what you were doing, or was there questions about why are you not dieting? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I've been on a diet so long that. But- it was almost like, you know, like my mom might call and say, like, what are you eating or not eating now? Because Mm -hmm. it changes so much, (laughs) you know? And so I would just be like, well, I eat everything that I like, you know, kind of thing. And, um, her and I actually had an opportunity to take a trip together, um, to Florida and, um, it was really nice. I'm the oldest of six. So one-on-one time with mom does not happen very often, especially as adult, as most of us are adults now. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I was a little nervous about it at first. Like, well, I don't want to eat, you know, like, like greasy food the whole time, that type of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, But once I talked to her about it and I talked to her about, um, you know, intuitive eating and that type of thing, she was actually intrigued and um, really respected my decision. And um, it wasn't a problem at all. So I think that sometimes we put more pressure on ourselves to think it will be a problem for other people. But if you explain it like from your heart and also are able to give some examples on how it's improved your life, people aren't really going to argue about that.
0: You know, they're not going to. Yeah, I think you're really lucky in that you had that experience. I know. So often, our friends and our family, mostly our family, they just want what they think is the best for us. And because they may have this bias that tells them that the only way we can be healthy is if we lose weight. Um, And sometimes it's a hard sell, you know, to have Mm -hmm. that conversation and say, look, this is who I am. I am a healthy person. I'm a happy person. I'm living a productive life. You know, I'm contributing to society. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't really need to lose weight to be a complete person or to be a healthy person. And sometimes that's a hard conversation, but I think just living your life the way you have, being authentic—that's the best way to prove that you're on the right path.
1: Yeah, you know, the hardest conversation that I had was with my medical provider, Mm. because prior to working together, I was told um, I was never going to be able to lose weight unless I had bypass surgery, and I was almost out of. I I knew that wasn't right for me. Like my gut instinct was like. I don't want to do that. I don't think that it's um wrong if other people do choose to do that. But for me, it just didn't feel right. And um, that was one of the things that was kind of had me looking for a non-diet approach in the first place was I don't want to have surgery, but I have to lose weight because my medical provider is telling me, despite the fact that I do not have high blood pressure or cholesterol or diabetes, I need to lose, you know, a hundred pounds. And mm-hmm. so Um, I was convinced that if I didn't find a different solution that I was going to have to have weight loss surgery to be healthy, period. And so, you know, having that conversation with my medical providers at the time were now, no surprise, not my medical providers anymore, was hard because they were not supportive. They were really pushing for surgery. They were really pushing for, um, you know, certain diets and even liquid diets and stuff like that. And I eventually had to realize that they probably weren't the best provider for me because our views didn't align. And Holly gave me permission to have those conversations with my doctors because I almost felt like, well, they know best. They're the doctors, Mm -hmm. right? So if they're telling me I'm not healthy, even though on paper, I look healthy, but physically I don't in their eyes then they must be right. And so that was kind of feeding into that mindset of like, I'm not, I'm not worthy because my doctors even say I'm too big. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when Holly gave me that permission to talk to them and gave me some guidelines, that was super helpful because I was able to say like, no, I'm not going to do surgery. That's not right for me. And, um, Yeah, and it wasn't received greatest, so now I
0: have new providers that are supportive, so that's good. (laughs) It's amazing being able to advocate for yourself at the doctor, even if it's something as simple as Mm -hmm. declining to be weighed. Because, I mean, if you're not having surgery, if there's not medication Mm -hmm. that needs to be administered based on your height and weight, there's really no purpose to it. Um, And the worst thing is if you go in and have your weight, you actually get on the scale and then they announce it, right? I mean, so... It causes so much anxiety for people. They don't Mm -hmm. go to the doctor because A, they don't want to be weighed and B, they don't want to have a hard conversation. So I agree, being willing to step up and say, this is the only factor and your determination that I am unhealthy is you know, my body mass index, which yes. we kind of know is baloney anyway. But if that is the one thing that you're saying makes me unhealthy, we have a problem. Um, mm-hmm. And then being willing to find a health at every size provider. you know, There's lots of resources for that out there, but you have to do the work. And, and so it's admirable that you did that, but now look at how much happier you are. And I'm guessing that you are a lot more likely to go visit your doctor now that you know that You don't have to have that conversation again. Oh, yes,
1: for sure. For sure. I am actually having a dermatological issue. And I went to the doctor confidently, knowing that that wasn't something we were going to discuss prior. It really felt like I could go for, you know, a sore throat or or sinus issues. And they would be like, well, here's your antibiotic. But if you lost weight, then, you know, and it was like, you wouldn't have a
0: sore throat.
1: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sure. So um, yeah, having that, um, you know, health at every size provider list and that type of thing was super helpful. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you had to think back on on the entire experience, um, I'm gonna ask kind of a two-part question. One, what was the most challenging part of the work we did together? And then the other side of that would be what was the most rewarding thing you got out of our time together?
1: Yeah, the most challenging part was self-acceptance, like really getting out of that unworthy mindset was difficult for me. Um, I didn't feel worthy of all. I mean, I didn't almost didn't even feel worthy of the family I had. Like I felt like a failure because of how I looked and they, you know, they were all active and I wasn't as active as they were. And um, I was just, that feeling, I never want to feel that again, that feeling of unworthiness. And I, and I didn't even have a name for it until I started working with you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I would say the most impactful is my life no longer revolves around food. Like I live, my life is my life and I eat. And like I said, I eat foods that I like, and I engage occasionally indulge in something um there are weeks where I do eat salads every day because they're good and I got a new dressing I liked, you know. <laughs> but it's not because I'm like I have to eat salad every day because I ate lasagna last weekend. I'm not justifying what I eat anymore, which has yeah. been overall super freeing. Like I literally have like freedom from fear of gaining weight and not losing weight. Um now you know, if I lost some weight, I would be fine with that. But if I don't, and I know that I'm, you know, doing some gentle exercise that's good for my body, and I'm eating foods that make me feel good, and I'm getting enough sleep and all those other things, then I'm I'm just not stressed about it.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important part um, right there, what you said about the fear of gaining weight, because I know that so many times when we have these initial conversations, it's I'm okay if I stay here, but I really want to lose. And if I practice intuitive eating, that means if I can eat anything I want, well, then I'm going to gain weight. And to a lot of women, that's the most terrifying concept is I can't gain weight. Yeah. When you first told me that concept, I cried
1: because I was like, I can't gain weight. I already need weight loss surgery. What's going to happen if I gain weight? And so, yeah, when you first said that, that was just, that was tough. That was probably the hardest is letting go of all of the diet culture that had like intoxicated my brain yeah. and told me how I should look and what I should eat and what I should, you know, dress like and drink and this and that. And letting go of all that was difficult for sure. But I'm so glad that I did because it it's now made me so aware of like how it's in everything. Mm. Like everywhere you turn. Um, There's something about, you know, some new weight loss medication or a new diet or it's unfortunately, it's just never going to end. And so now that I'm aware of it, I won't like be consumed by it. And I like tempted to try
0: those things. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay,
1: whatever, you know, and I just, I'll stick to what I know works for me.
0: Yeah, you know, um, and the time we worked together for six months, which I know mm-hmm. six months is a in a time investment. Absolutely. You know, it's mm-hmm. a commitment to show up every week for six months and do this work. Um, you know, there's also a financial commitment to doing this mm-hmm. work together. And then there's sort of this personal commitment to making the changes. Um, what advice would you give for anyone who might be listening to the podcast today who's considering adopting a non-diet lifestyle? What would you say to them? I would say if you're considering
1: adopting a non-diet lifestyle, then you need to adopt a non-diet lifestyle. There's a reason you've came to that conclusion, and it's probably out of exhaustion that you've tried everything else. Um, We are not meant as humans to be on diets that are restricting um, And that's not what life is about, like life's about so much more than that. And then working with Holly and her program, you're not only going to learn how to have a better relationship with food, you're going to learn why you might have a not great relationship with food in the first place, mm-hmm. you're going to learn how the, that relationship affects other areas of your life. Um, it really was a therapeutic relationship. And it opened my eyes to a lot of different areas in my life that I needed improvement. And more than anything, it helped me realize that I am worthy. I am worthy of not being on a diet, as kind of weird as that sounds like. I am worthy of that. And I am worthy of having the job that I desire. And, you know, the things that I want in life to make myself feel like prosperous. So if you're thinking about it, it's time. I am so glad I didn't waste another year of my life pouring thousands of dollars into diet programs and medications and herbs and supplements. And that I did spend this money um, with mm-hmm. you and your program so that I could not have that constant, like sweet. I promise you, if I hadn't done it, I'd be on a different diet right now.
0: It's so and important. I yeah. I don't think people realize, you know, if we sat down and, you know, tallied all of the money we've spent on exactly what you just said meal plans diet plans going to the grocery store and shopping and getting all of the things for the the new detox or the new Mm -hmm. um, cleanse that we're going to do or buying the supplements and the green powders and like all the stuff that we spend money on and the medications let's be real especially the medications that are out now are not cheap i mean many Mm -hmm. of them are from what nine to fifteen hundred dollars a month and out of pocket Because not everybody can get them, right? Your insurance Mm -hmm. may not cover it. So it's a huge expense every month for a maybe. You might lose the weight. You probably won't keep it off. And then where are we? We're right back where we started. If we never Mm -hmm. really learn why we do what we do and how to make the changes necessary to then kind of step into the full authenticity of our lives and, and the full promise Right. There's so much out there that we could be doing with our lives instead of focusing Mm -hmm. on a number on the scale. Yes. Yeah. I know that um, the work that you do is amazing. And it sounds like being able to kind of liberate yourself from kind of the, the prison cell of diet culture has opened up so many more avenues for you. Personally and professionally, you've really flourished in your new practice. Um, And Mm -hmm. I understand you're offering a new program called Empower Your Healing Journey. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. So,
1: one of the things that I had done prior to working with Holly was I had gotten uh, a Reiki certification. And what that is, is it is channeling the energy around us to help bring wholeness to our body. And in doing that, I loved it. However, was I doing it professionally? No, because I was worried that people would say, well, she might be spiritually healthy, but she doesn't look physically healthy. And so, um, working with Holly made me a better Reiki practitioner because now I'm not thinking about, I'm not ever thinking about in a session, what does this person think about me or the way I look? I'm thinking about how the life energy around us can be channeled into that person to help them feel whole, happy and whatever their version of healthy is. And so Mm -hmm. um, with this program that I'm doing, it's um, the first weekend in March uh, in Wisconsin, where I live. Mm -hmm. Um, So it'll be nice and cold. If you're looking for a winter experience, that's the time to visit. Um, And we will go, it's a two-day program and we will go through a step-by-step process on how energy can not only heal your life, and help you through life struggles and stresses but um how then you could become a practitioner to help others and that's really what it's all about is spreading like love and light of reiki across like the state state lines you know um you don't have to be from Wisconsin to um take the course and i am excited that i can offer it to people i already have a handful of people signed up so we have a few spots left and um, I think it's going to be a really, really good um, engaging program where people can feel that they're not only left with something they can work on for themselves, but Mm -hmm. also share with others.
0: Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I am going to include links to Christina's program and her website in the show notes. So if anybody listening is interested, head over, get in the program. Um, If you can't go right away, I'm pretty sure there'll be a waiting list for the next one that's being offered. So go over and let her know you're interested. Mm -hmm. As we come to the end of this very inspiring conversation with Christina, it's Mm -hmm. evident how transformative the journey towards intuitive eating and body acceptance can really be. And Christina, I know your experiences, both as a client and a professional in the fields of massage therapy, Reiki, and yoga, beautifully illustrate the interconnectedness of that physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And your journey through our coaching program, not only reshaped your relationship with food and your body, but enhanced your professional practice, allowing you- to offer a deeper, more holistic approach with your clients. Mm
1: -hmm. 100%. I definitely feel I'm more connected with them and I'm able to offer more of myself to them. And that brings comfort, you know, to them as well, being able to give them permission to be who they are and let their guard down and, and share things with me. And then I can in turn try to use some of the tools
0: I have to help them. Yes, yes. Give yourself permission to be who you are. That's Mm -hmm. going to be my new motto for 2024.
1: (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And I'll give you credit for it, Christina.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your really profound insights and personal growth with the audience today. It's a powerful story and a powerful reminder of the resilience of the human spirit and the transformative power of really embracing your intuitive self. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to list off a few key takeaways that I can think of from our conversation today. Uh, Christina's journey into intuitive eating really demonstrates the liberation and empowerment that come from breaking free from restrictive dieting and diet culture. And the intersection of Christina's personal growth with her professional roles as a massage therapist, Reiki master, and yoga instructor underscore the holistic nature of wellness. And Christina's experiences highlight the significant role body acceptance plays in our overall well-being and self-esteem. And the challenges Christina faced and overcame emphasized that this journey's complexity and importance of perseverance and self-compassion, most importantly, in any personal transformation. And her story illustrates how integrating intuitive eating principles can enhance other areas of your life, creating a comprehensive approach to your health. And her ongoing use of the self-coaching methods showcases that lasting impact and practicality of the skills learned during our coaching program. And we really are reinforcing the idea here that health is not solely defined by our physical aspects, but it's a blend of mental, spiritual, and emotional elements. So thank you, Christina, for being here today. And I want to thank the audience for joining us for another episode of the Say When podcast. You can find all the links to Christina's website and learn more about our program in the show notes. Until next time, thank you so much and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.